Hello and welcome to the Written Entertainment Podcast, episode 391 for what's the date today? March 19th, 2023. My name is Nathan Reed Spruth and joining me this week is a cat. Cat. And, yeah, cat. And Andrew Rowe McFain. I have the cat. You have the cat. And we are also joined by Connor, the cyberpunk monk, Besh. It's actually me. I've been the one praying this whole time. Has my, it been? My genius charade. And I, of course, am the host, Nathan Reed and Spruth. So tell me, where can we find you guys? Anybody? Anybody? Pipe up. Or Aroa, no. pipe up. <laughs> you can go to Aroa.website. It's Perfect. got links. There's links there. Perfect. And you can also uh, find me, Nathan Reed Spruth. I'm everywhere at Reeton, so go to my Twitter, follow me there, and go to my Twitch. I'm there Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Real talk, Twitch. Real, just, just for a minute, just, just, don't Twitch. go to Twitter. Why would you tell anyone to go to Twitter? Don't go to Twitter. Yeah, don't do that. Do anything else with your time. Go you to Twitter. Go to, you should go to MissKey instead. Is that is that the new Mastodon? No. I, I have no idea it's what just, it is. It's a, it's a Japanese uh, social network thing that is like Mastodon. It uses ActivityPub, but it's otherwise totally separate. And I'm using it purely because uh, I'm a fucking weeb. Oh, I see. I, when but it I can was... communicate with Mastodon instances, so it's still fine. Oh, that's good. When I was in Japan, uh, I went on Twitter while I was like on the train and stuff. And then I would look at my trending tab and I was like, I can't read any of this. (laughs) It's all Japanese trends. It was great. Mm, uh, Hikikomori. Uh... Well, no, it was, it was all, uh, it wasn't in kanji. It was, it was in the, I forget. It was in the Japanese characters, not, you know, the American. Oh, it wasn't in Romaji. It's in kanji, not Romaji. Yeah. Yeah, well, I apologize. So, so I couldn't read any of it. Like, I couldn't even pretend to read it. Anyway, you don't even have the fucking decency to at least, like, learn the written alphabet before you go over there. I learned a little bit, but, like, it's, it's hard, man. Anyway, we're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to ask, what games you played this week, Connor? Man, I got to think about it for a second. Mostly because, uh, you guys know how I'm, I, I, I have a sickness and, like... Nostalgia is my big thing. Yeah. yeah so uh, Battlefield 2042 was on sale, and they ported a whole bunch of maps from like Bad Company and Battlefield 4 and stuff. And I was like, oh, I, I adore those maps. Yes, for initially free because it was free to play, and then for, like 13 bucks it was on sale. So I was like, yes, I will. I will fall into this horrible habit of playing Battlefield again. And it's <laughs> been great. It's it's definitely not like how it was when it was first out. They re-added classes, which is something Battlefield definitely needed. And uh, it, it's good. It's scratching that squad-based cooperation itch that I've been looking for. Although it is a first-person shooter, which I'm really sick and tired of, i got to be honest. So, I yeah, when, when Battlefield 2042 first came out, it apparently was garbage. But it's better mm-hmm. now. Which is the story of like every Battlefield release these days. Uh, three sucked, four sucked, one sucked uh 42 sucked and you know they, they work on it yeah yeah that's every good. like every this other screen in this nowadays. every other screen in this game is trying to get you to buy the premium shit it's really obnoxious I hate you that. start the game you get a cutscene saying hey look what you could buy 
you go to play a mission, like the, the very first screen you get after that, a quarter of it's taken up with, uh, by the way, you can get premium content. You start a game and it tells you you're tracking. If you had premium content, you'd be unlocking all of this. At the end of game report, there's an entire window before it shows you your experience where it's like, and here's the progress you made on premium content if you paid for it. And it's like, Jesus, game, I get it. Buy I don't want pass, it. Buy the battle pass, buy the battle pass. Yeah. It is so down your throat obnoxious, but luckily for them, I've got 30 years of practice ignoring the hell out of ads. Yeah. And then, yeah. then speaking of chasing my nostalgia, I've been playing Shenmue, which is a, a great game if you want to just turn your brain off for an hour or two and walk around 1985 Japan. I do, and, uh, actually. Want to walk around Japan. It's, it's in, great. In 19, but two years before I was born. I mean, anytime, really, it sounds great. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Red Dead Redemption 2, still just not doing the missions and just, like, screwing off and hunting. I am rich. I don't understand why these guys ever had problem with money. Spend, like, 45 minutes hunting, and you'll have enough money. All of my guns are gold-plated. Let's just put it like that. I don't think that's how it was in real, uh, you know, in real life back then. Sure, and if they didn't give me a good deal, I'd just shoot them. You, you spend you spend like the storyline like doing like wacky get rich quick schemes and shit when you could have just become an honest man and would have made just as much money if not more. Yeah, definitely more. Like robbing a bank will get you rich quick, but it also like gets heat on you. You got to pay off fines afterward. Like there's there's a cost to getting rich quick. Maybe that's like a message they were intending, but you know, probably not. Yeah, it's a good know. game. I, I don't need to sing its laurels any more than Sardi song. Good. Uh, I'm did you play right now? Pick it up. Did you play anything else? Anything that looks like Chip Challenge? Uh, I did play a little bit of Space Station 13. I didn't really do anything in uh, like note. I, I, okay, that's. I guess that's not true. I was practicing making pipe bombs initially okay. because somebody asked me if I knew how because theirs weren't working. I was like, sure, and that got me thinking. I wonder what other wacky things I could do with this. For example, I could fill a pipe bomb, but instead of, you know, gasoline or something explosive, fill it with cleaning solution. Ah, somebody vomited all over the bar. Pipe bomb. And it explodes cleaning solution everywhere. And did that work to clean things? It did clean things in that it exploded, and <laughs> you can't be dirty if you're rubble. No. <laughs> these, these are how you learn. You, you got to experiment to make progress, right? I love the idea of that so much that you earnestly go, no, wait, I've got a fantastic invention for this. It's the Windex bomb. <laughs> it just explodes and destroys everything and kills two people. It wasn't that bad of an explosion. We got everything patched up, but we did have to evacuate the bar. Well, you tried. Now you have to. Now you have to uh, make. I, pipe I'm actually going to say succeeded. I learned oh. how not to build a Windex bomb. Well, now you have to. Now you have to make bombs with like uh, weed in them or meth. Uh, both of those sound incredibly trivial. Give me a real challenge, please. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to do anything in that game. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on. We're going to ask a row of what games he's played this week. Uh, been playing quite a bit of bone razor minions um which i i think i mentioned last time is uh kind of doing the the vampire survivors formula but mixing things up and i i like it quite a bit um 
it's not so so like in in vampire survivors everything kind of revolves around you yes. uh, the, the player unit um in bone razor minions it's more along the lines of if uh if you were playing vampire survivors as the like witch doctor from diablo so like it's all about summoning monsters that then go and attack everything for you and the only thing you really need to focus on is movement and keeping yourself alive and it creates a, a very different dynamic compared to vampire survivors where it's like at some point you just become an unstoppable killing machine and bone razor minions you're pretty much always vulnerable uh you can upgrade your health and stuff and there are, there are add-ons that give you slight offensive capabilities but for the most part you're just trying to not get hit very much at all uh and there are, there are a bunch of different subclasses that like you can get that while the gameplay doesn't change like a lot uh it changes enough to where it feels like a very different experience between the different the different classes like there's one class that instead of summoning the typical monsters they summon uh clones of the enemies in the game which are all like normal human characters like like peasants and, and paladins and stuff uh it also sounds like there's a class that instead of summoning anything at all you just get the ability so it basically becomes like vampire survivors but i haven't played as them yet Interesting. So, but it is it is very much a a rogue light. So you die a lot and all that good stuff. Is that I'm on gonna, Steam? Yep, it's like five bucks. Okay, I'm gonna well, bring something up real quick that you guys might not know. It any of the did you guys know what Lane Defender is by chance? This is a custom game mode for Warcraft Three that I think eventually got boarded out to its own thing. That sounds a lot mm -hmm. like what you're doing there. You're in, instead of summoning an army, you're summoning like opponents and when you kill those opponents you get resources to summon more i remember being a really satisfying feedback loop and they also haven't thought about it in like two decades that is uh that is also an aspect of it yeah that um like it, it's almost built like a pseudo idle game uh in that way that like part of the upgrade path is upgrading the enemies so that you can kill the stronger enemies and get more money to then upgrade your shit more uh so it, yeah there it's like for for being a five dollar game very much in the same vein as as vampire survivors for being so cheap it is like surprisingly deep and and well put together uh there's a card battler mode that's just a separate thing on its own where like as you play through the main game you collect cards for that mode and it doesn't really serve much of a purpose besides just being a fun little auto battler thing but it's still pretty cool um and there's uh there's a separate mode for like uh just trying to get high scores so you have like a set map that you can play on and there's like a like a campaign sort of thing that you can go through each one and each one gets harder like there's a lot to it and i i've probably only unlocked maybe half of the content in the game overall and i've got eight hours in it and that 
but like that's just unlocking it. That's not even like actually experiencing it. So, and yeah. is 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 it a similar art style as Vampire Survivors? It is very pixel art. Um, it is not in the same way as Vampire Survivors. Um, this is going for more of like. Funnily enough, the the kind of pixel art that I don't tend to like, and I don't really like super dig the art style because it's that weird pseudo pixel art that like there's no actual eight bit console or or sixteen bit console that ever looked like this. Um, I see, but it's fine. It, uh, I was I was gonna say like Vampire Survivors is is eight bit, and it's meant to look like Castlevania. That's that's what they're going yeah. for. This definitely has its own like thing going for it. Like it does, it doesn't really look like much of anything else in terms of the design of the individual characters and stuff. It's just I really don't like the the like post twenty ten pixel art style in general. Oh, but see. that's just a me thing. Um, I do really like that uh, the the game very heavily. Uh, leans into the dick puns. Okay. Um, because bone, like, like I, it, it says in the the title is is bone razor, and it looks like it just says bone razor. Like oh, the I see. Boner. Uh, and it it like has stuff like this. This mob will blow its load all over the guys and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty funny. That's, I'm. I'm happy that you like that. Um, did you play anything else? Uh, I finished Pizza Tower. I don't All know right. if I mentioned that. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, that game is fucking amazing. I will definitely go back to it at some point, but uh, I spent eight hours in it, and the game's fucking great. Uh, I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop, and... Everyone should play it at some point. It's definitely going to be like, if it's not game of the year, which it probably won't be, it needs to be in like everybody's top 10. If it's not game of the, I'm I'm assuming it's not going to be game of the year. It's not going to be game of the year because something stupid like Spider-Man four will come out or something, but yeah. Yeah. I'm also going to say pizza tower is probably better than Spider-Man four. Well, but Spider-Man, it won't be Spider-Man 4 because they're... Spider-Man 4. If they release it, it'll be... Spider-Man 4, Return of the Sand Man. <laughs> it'll be Spider-Man 3, I think. Uh, yeah, it would it'll Spider-Man be Spider-Man 3. 2. It'll be Spider-Man... be Spider-Man 2. My, yeah. Miles Spider-Man Morales, 9. Like a, yeah. Granddad. Did you play anything else? No. Okay. We're going to move on to me. I played some Overwatch on Monday. And they're doing like a a comment. They're doing shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking seriously, that fucking annoys me. Stop it. Um, Why does that annoy you? It just it does. It's very annoying. Um, so we are. They're doing in Overwatch like a common writer, uh, crossover, and so I unlocked like a common writer skin. That's weird. Yeah, so they have two different skins. I unlocked one. Apparently, he just rides a bike. I don't yeah, remember the name 
of it. It's like a kind of a joke character, I guess. But one of the skins was uh, Common Rider just on a bike with a helmet. Wait a minute. Are you sure it's Common Rider? Yes. And it's not One Punch Man? No, no, no. Well, there, there is a One Punch Man as well. And that's Dream Are you Fist. sure the guy on the bike is not a character from One Punch Man? Uh, okay. I am not sure. But uh, I also but I also know that there is a common rider and I was going to get to that. So there's there's the one in the bike. There's One Punch Man, which is a Doomfist skin. And then there was another one that was it's actually common rider where Soldier 76 can dress up as common rider. Okay. Um now you may be correct. It might be a One Punch Man thing. I've I, I haven't watched I posted either. The, I posted the the an image. I'll post an image from the anime as well. That of may... Moomin Rider. That is that is it. It is Moomin Rider. Yeah. You are correct. So that's from One yeah, Punch he's, Man. He's 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 literally just a guy on a bike. Yeah. Okay. He's not just a guy on a bike. All right. He has all <laughs> of our hearts. Okay. That's but, true. But. There is a there was a common rider one like that you had to pay for. It was part of the battle pass. This one, the Moomin Rider, you could get for free just by completing games. After you complete uh twenty five I think it no, it's twenty four games, uh then you can get Moomin Rider. If you actually win the game, then it counts as two points. So you could get it in twelve games if you win all twelve games. So I got Moomin Rider, and of course my friend Durga was like, I don't know if I like, but ooh, Common Rider, buying Battle Pass. Yeah. I was like, no, don't do it. Don't give them money. Don't support I, this. I will, I will support it whenever they do things that I want. <laughs> I, I, Look, I won't. I don't want it. I, I don't want, I don't want. This is super that. exciting for me. You shut up. <laughs> I want anime crossover shit in WoW. I will pay money in the cash shop in WoW for anime shit for my WoW characters. Okay. Um. Anime level 90, Torin Chieftain Blood Knight, and these are my Moe Moe hair pumps. <laughs> I, I would be so happy if I could just have, like... I don't even know, like DBZ hair for my character or something. I don't even fucking care. Just something stupid. Yeah, and your flying I... mount is the Nimbus. That'd be great. Yes, which is literally something in Fortnite, and yep. it almost made me pay money for a game I don't even play. Yeah, I I do like that. I do like the Nimbus. Anyway, there is also I played on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm playing through Persona Three Portable. Uh, I have to say, so last week. I, or not, the week before last, I, you know, I got to the, quote, end of the game, where the guy, where they're like, oh, you defeat the 12 shadows, and you, you beat the game, and I was going up against the 12th shadow, and my friend's like, oh, are you gonna, are you just gonna play all night, or, you know, do it tomorrow, or whatever, I'm like, yeah, this is, this isn't the end of the game, like, they're, I'm gonna defeat the 12th Shadow, and then there's, like, 20 hours of gameplay left, because it's Persona, and that's what they do in every Persona game, and they're like, this is the final villain, oh, nope, not the final villain. So, uh, I should probably, uh, if I burn through it, I should be able to beat it this upcoming week, so look forward to that, and then I'll be playing a different game, and I think I know what game I might be playing, uh, and we'll talk about Pokemon that later. Snap. 
Yes. Uh, we. I'll, I'll talk about that later. And then, last night, last night, Friday night, night before last, I played some WWE 2K23, and I did the showcase mode. Now, the showcase mode, don't yawn. Uh, the showcase mode is they they bring it in like every year. You stop that. Um, the showcase mode, they typically have like, okay, you're Charlotte Flair and you're playing through a bunch of Charlotte Flair's matches. Um, and you play as Charlotte Flair. This one's a little different because it's John Cena, but it's all of John Cena's losses. So you're playing as John Cena's opponents in the match, which I, I, it's not all of his losses, but they're big losses that he had. And it's a little weird because of how much stuff they blur. Because they will like they'll they'll have challenges and they're like, okay, if you do this at this spot, then it will cut to the actual match that they were having and then cut back into gameplay. But they blur like everything. So they blur John Cena's wristbands. They, oh, because they didn't they didn't get licensed for all of his logos and shit. Yeah, yeah. But they, so they do the they do the wristbands. They do uh, t-shirts in the crowds. They do they they blurred uh, the face of the referees because the referees don't work there anymore. Um, they turned off commentary, so there's no commentary for the matches or in the live actions uh, parts. And if you look in the back, they blur out the commentators who aren't there anymore. So like Jim Ross, his face is blurred out, even though he was commentating in the match. Everything is blurred out. There was so when a match... John Cena says you can't see me, he's really insisting on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, there was a match between uh, John Cena versus Edge with Lita at ringside for, for Edge. And Lita, her shirt was held on by double-sided tape. Um, so you could see, like, during the live action bits, I'm like, man, Lita, you have, that was, that's, that's a very revealing shirt that you have. And at the end of the match, uh, you know, Edge wins because this is all of John Cena's losses. So Edge wins the match and they cut to the live action where it's like close up of Edge and Lita and they blurred out her cleavage. (laughs) They, they blurred everything. (laughs) And, um. I just I thought that was that was kind of funny, but I but also like it was like the referees one kind of got me because I was like they're in the match you can you can hear them talking to the wrestlers, <laughs> but they didn't want to pay they didn't pay want to pay royalties, but wouldn't their voice also mean that they should have to pay royalties? Yeah, so I I have no idea. They're they're probably they're probably just trying to be safe. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine they're they're trying to be safe by by not. They're like we don't have these people in the in the game, so we're just blurring everything. Uh, but yeah, there was like after the after the tattoo suing thing, they're probably trying to be as careful as they can. Yeah, my my favorite tattoo thing about wrestler uh, any wrestler is the Undertaker, because in like the mid two thousands, the Undertaker was married, so he's supposed to be this like badass undead zombie, and he like it zooms in on his neck, and it's like Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk about some uh, actual news stories. Uh, anybody here have Mint Mobile? 
No. No, but I will say I, I don't usually watch like any television at all. I've I've had a little bit of exposure this last week, and I think that's probably the thing I've seen commercials for the most. It is so heavily advertised, it's sickening. It it they really advertise is like fucking crazy. They do. Uh and and honestly, if I if I wasn't going to do international travel, I would look at something like Mint Mobile because it's it's got good prices, right? Like it's 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 fine. It runs off the T-Mobile network, even more more so now that they're selling Mint Mobile to T-Mobile for one point three five billion dollars. So that's which is so weird. No, it's not. That's, Are they just buying the the clientele? Um, so I this is the this was the plan all along, and I I pretty much knew that it was going to happen. Uh, I I knew that they were going to sell. I didn't know who they were going to sell to, but that's kind of what uh, Ryan Reynolds bought a not a controlling stake in the company, but he he's part owner of the company for yeah. the last couple of years, and what they would do is Ryan Reynolds will go in, he'll buy, you know, 20, 30% of a company or whatnot, use his face to get people to buy into the company, and then sell it. And so anybody who knew what was going on knew that was going to happen. I didn't know that the, that T-Mobile would buy it. but well, that, I, Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, like, I think it's weird that T-Mobile specifically bought them. Oh, yeah. And I think that... I, it's not going to expand there. Like they bought Sprint uh, years ago now, and that would expand yeah. the number of towers that they have. But this is it, only going to expand the amount of customers that they have. And it's not even really that because they're all T-Mobile customers to begin with. Yeah, like Min Mobile was taking a, a cut of of all that, but like Min Mobile still had to license T-Mobile's towers and shit. Like yeah. it, all, all that's doing is making life harder for T-Mobile, I would think, because the whole reason that MVNOs exist in the first place is that it's easier for telecom companies to let smaller telecom companies essentially handle all the customer service aspects and then take a cut of of the profits on that for allowing the smaller uh, carrier to use their towers. Yeah, I I honestly don't know. Um but I mean there's also Metro um by T-Mobile which is another MVNO that's which, controlled. It's like and Cricket, like Cricket's owned by AT&T. Yeah, both both Metro PCS and Cricket were both their own thing for the longest time and then T-Mobile bought Metro and yeah, AT&T bought Cricket. The only thing I and can think I of I don't get it. The only thing I can think of is they still like yes, they were making money off of Mint Mobile, but they look at Mint Mobile's profits and go, "We could make more money." Like if that, if we don't have to, it, yeah, yeah, if we don't have to do X, Y, or Z for this company, like we could we yeah. could have all the profit instead of just some of the profit. Hey, I guess that makes sense. Like if you just let Mint continue operating the way that it was already then you get to absorb both the profits that they were already making yeah. and the ones that they were making for you. <laughs> yeah. So. And so so there was another company called Ultra Mobile that was bought out as well. And I have no idea I have no idea who Ultra Mobile is. <laughs> 
but it's the, it's the same thing. It's an MVNO. It's got relatively decent plans. I looked them up. Uh, it looks like they have uh, decent uh, prices. Not as good as Mint Mobile, but they have they have decent prices. I'm looking them up right now. It's it's their basic plan that they recommend you get. It's twenty dollars a month. You get two gigs of data and uh you know talk and texture unlimited. Mint Mobile's plans start out at fifteen dollars a month for four gigs gigabytes of data and unlimited talk and text. So obviously that's better. I would say you know, go with Mint Mobile. Like if, if I didn't have international traveling on my mind, I would probably go with something like Mint Mobile rather than consumer cellular or anything like that. Um, I did look up the price for international travel on both of these, and it's uh, $200 a gig if, if you travel internationally. So I would recommend not getting Mint Mobile or uh, Ultra Mobile if you're going to be traveling you know, to Japan or something like that. No. <laughs> Same thing with AT or, uh, consumer cellular. It's, it's way too expensive because they don't have international plans. So they're just like, okay, you're going to run off their towers and it's going to charge you 20 cents per megabyte, which is a lot of money. Who, uh, who do you guys go through? Because I know, I think Aurora goes through consumer cellular still. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm through Google. Fi and Cyberpunk Monk, who do you go through? I got Verizon. I got great signal. Yeah, but they're expensive. Cheap enough for me. I'm I'm like on a part of a plan with five other people, so I just like throw down to I think it's like forty bucks a month. It's not bad at all. Okay, that's sure right. anyways. If you want or need Verizon and aren't in a situation like that, uh you can get I think it's a visible. Mm -hmm. is one of the very few Verizon MVNOs. Yeah, before I worked there, Consumer Cellular actually was a Verizon MVNO. It, oh. was, it was Verizon and AT&T. So they were the best. Uh, no, because what they would do, well, I mean, kind of. What they would do is kind of what they did with, when T-Mobile first came onto AT&T. And... They would look at your address and be like, okay, you're better with Verizon in that area. Oh, yeah. So they, they would send it. Yeah. Um, and it's, a, it's terrible. It's stupid. I don't know why they can't do what Google Fi does, where it like uses either network at the same time. Because uh, SIM cards. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how like the Google Fi was able to switch between US Cellular, T-Mobile, and Sprint. Now, uh, Google Fi only uses T-Mobile. Well, yeah, because Sprint doesn't exist anymore. And they just dropped U.S. Cellular. That's, yeah, I don't know with, with that. So it might be because U.S. Cellular, because I, I think U.S. Cellular was CDMA for the longest this time. This is AP Newsman. I don't know if they still are or not, because that might have been why, that if you have... If you have devices that have both GSM and CDMA radios, you could potentially run both at the same time. That's all yeah. I could think of. Uh, yeah, I, I'm on AT&T's network, and it's fine. I finally have a 5G phone now, and it's uh, not 
any better <laughs> than 4G at all. Yeah. Granted, that's partially because of where I'm located, but also it's either that AT&T's network sucks or that they 5G throttle. Might, might be just a little over overrated. They, it, one megabit down, bro. That ain't, that ain't even throttling. That's just the connection sucks. I, I don't know what mine runs out on Google Fi. I could I could test, but it won't be it won't be great. Um, we're gonna move on and we're gonna talk about the next story though while I do this, and we're gonna talk about Ghostwire Tokyo. Now you played this game, Aroa. I did. How it was, was it? All right. Okay. Did you beat it? I don't think you nope. did. No. Nope. But but you Got just bored. think it was all right. Yeah, I just think it's a solid like six, maybe seven. Okay. Good. It's coming to Game Pass, which I did not see coming. I'm very excited for that. I am surprised that it hadn't done so already. Yeah, like that it would make sense if it did if it did come already, but Because uh, it's published by Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And you can go on Game Pass right now and preload it. But it's expected to hit um April twelfth, it looks like. You can expect it on Steam for uh this is from Rock Paper Shotgun. It's sixty bucks, or you can wait for it to hit Game Pass alongside the Spider's Thread update, which is an update that they're oh. bringing to Ghost Ghostwire Tokyo, and that'll be April twelfth. So very Standard excited. Cutscenes, additional areas, and much more. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is something that I may. This may be the next game I play through if something else doesn't, you know take up my time after i beat after i beat persona 3 portable uh have you have you had any interest in this game cyberpunk monk no none at all <laughs> why not <laughs> it doesn't look like the kind of game i'd get into oh. like it looks pretty but it also looks kind of button mashy you're like there's no there's no hunting in it i can't <laughs> i can't just go out into the wilds and hunt and make I can't just turn off my brain for 20 minutes and, like, even though I'm not progressing story-wise and progressing development-wise, nah, it's not for me. (laughs) I I just want a good sandbox. Yeah, that makes sense. And in this, it appears to be more, and you you can correct me if I'm wrong, it appears to be more in line with, you know, other open-world games where it's kind of like, here's the story, and you can do some side missions, but mainly you're going through the story with a little bit of open-world stuff. Uh, no, nah, not really. Oh, okay. It so there are a lot of like side things to do. Um, it's just that, like, I guess the open world itself, at least for as long as I played, which I felt like I didn't even get halfway through the game, honestly. Um, there's, there's enough side content in there to definitely distract you from the main game but the way that the game is is kind of built it incentivizes kind of ignoring the side content a lot of the time oh interesting Uh, it's it it has a very strange flow to it because like for a little while you're you're just getting dragged along the story and then all of a sudden like hey there are these things that could possibly distract you if you want to get distracted um it it like almost wants to have like a like a ubisoft-esque like here's some collectibles on the map you can go get them if you want 
and like uh, a lot of the side content is at least like a 20 or 30 minute experience it'll mm -hmm. be like oh hey there's this ghost sitting outside this building and he's like uh all that stuff it just keeps getting getting put into that building and i don't know why and then you go into the building and solve whatever mystery is going on in there and turns out it's a it's a black hole garbage demon or something like there, there's a lot of nifty stuff in there i think it's i think it's perfect for being something to put on game pass that like for like people who weren't going to pay $60 for a game that looked like both nothing that you've ever seen, but also like every other game you've ever seen, <laughs> like, like the art style and the gameplay itself feels very different, but at the same time, like it's at the end of the day, still a, a by the numbers sort of immersive sim first person shooter experience. It's probably and... the prettiest edition of Yokai Watch I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> so that that being said, you just described the game very well. And here it's it describes the new Spider's Thread update that's coming out. Uh it's separate from the main game, and this is just all getting read from Rock Paper Rock Rock Paper Shotgun. Um it, it's separate from the main game. Uh, go to the main menu and you select it. Uh, it'll be a 30-stage gauntlet made of 130 handcrafted levels. There's only one goal to get to the end. Clearing levels will grant you stronger abilities while dying will send you to the start. You'll, have to, you'll still retain a portion of your abilities, though, hence the roguelike aspects. So it's, it's a survival tower. That's, that's, that's the cool. new update. So if, if you're interested in... Uh, this game, this that might be a mode you try after you beat the game or or play the game for a while. It definitely seems like yeah, because I know I know that the combat was starting to feel kind of eh uh, whenever I stopped playing, but I had also only unlocked like I said about half of of what was actually in the game. Yeah. So uh, and this was a game I know you were interested. Like when when you saw the trailers, you were like, oh my god, this looks great. Uh, yeah, because uh, like aesthetically, it's everything that I that I want. I absolutely love the art style of the game, and like playing it, it like it just has this this sense of of style and intent in like everything in the game. Like it's it's fantastic. Like as far as world design and and visually. And the like Japanese cyberpunk like aesthetic to everything, uh, and even like like the writing and stuff isn't isn't bad. Uh, it manages to have like a protagonist that talks without being an obnoxious piece of shit. Like it, it's not a bad game. I just I don't one I don't think it should have been sixty dollars, uh, and two I just don't think it did a very good job of marketing itself as as what it is. Now, wasn't it originally on Epic? Is that where it was originally sold? Uh, maybe. Maybe and that's why it. Uh, it's, cause maybe it that's just, why it's just now coming to Game Pass. And Steam. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, definitely. That must yeah. have been it. And uh, there's another game coming to Steam soon that was originally not on Steam. And I believe it was only on Epic. Uh, is that, it's that Final Fantasy game, the, the Chaos one. I don't remember the name of it. Oh shit! Yeah, was it? Is it like it's not Lords of Chaos? Is it not Lords of Chaos? It's no. Final Fantasy Origins. 
Yeah, it's just a remake of the first Final Fantasy, but with like modern graphics, and it's also like a beat 'em up and edge lords, and it's not yeah, it's a... super edgy. Yeah, it's really <laughs> like, bad. I actually wanted to play that, so that's cool. Yeah, I just I just saw that. I don't have it as one of the stories. I just thought I'd mention it since Ghostwire Tokyo is coming to Steam. You can buy that for sixty bucks or get it on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, you should. Re- it, it it is absolutely not worth paying sixty dollars for. No, uh, or you can buy the Final Fantasy Origins. I can't remember the na- the full name, and I'm not going to look it up. Uh, we're going to move on to our last story, Wait. though. Huh? Ghostwire Tokyo is already on Steam. Is it? Yeah, you can get it for twenty three dollars right now on sale. Uh, you can pick it up on Steam for, okay. Oh, oh, I guess I misread it. I apologize. It says you can pick it up on Steam for $60 or you can wait for it to hit Game Pass on April 12th. I apologize. I misread it. I thought that it was, that you, that it was going to be April 12th is going to release on Steam. There goes all our credibility. Uh, we had none of that in the beginning. Hey, at least we corrected ourselves pretty much immediately, right? Or Aroa corrected me pretty much immediately. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the last story. This is one that Connor brought up. What is this about one oh, Magic oh, yeah, the Gathering? One Magic I, the I, Gathering card? I'm not reading the article, by the way. I'm just going to talk about this. You, you guys know what Magic the Gathering is before we proceed, right? Very popular it's trading card trading game. It's a trading card game with warriors and wizards. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's owned by Wizards of the Coast, the same company that is uh, D&D, ultimately owned by Hasbro. Those pieces Anyways. of shit. Yeah, got it. You're not wrong. <laughs> Anyways, they recently did a partnership with Games Workshop, uh, the people who do the publishing for that Warhammer game that I love so much. And what they found out is that adults with disposable income will spend that disposable income on things that they like, including pieces of cardboard with ink printed on them. It's just like hand over fist printing money. So they're like, huh, okay. Well, what's, what other sort of intellectual properties do you have that you can license? Like, oh, I don't know. Uh, have you ever heard of the Lord of the Rings, which uh, which Games Workshop also owns the publishing rights to, in uh, in their miniatures series? So now they're doing a collaboration that's got the internet breaking more than that one time King Kardashian did the photo with the with the butt on it. And one of the gimmicks that they're doing this time is they're only going to print one copy of one special edition of the One Ring card. This copy will not be available as a uh, draft or set booster box, it's not going to be available as a bunder, bunder, a bundle, or as a collectible booster. It's only going to be inside of a collector booster, like the kind that you get it at the store off the shelf, or inside of a gift bundle, which is what people oh, get when they buy, like, in bulk. no. So they have to spend a shit ton of money just for the potential to get one, the one card that's released. And They're like, hey, people usually buy all the sets and stuff, what if we got a way for them to buy all of our little packs? Just just too many of them. But so it's only going to have one though? So there's four there's versions of this card. One. There's uh there's the main set version which looks just like any other magic card. There's a bundle alternate art promo version that's going to be available in, you know, most boxes. They want people to have copies of this card ironically. Right. Uh they're also making an extended art version which is only going to be in some packs. And then they're making one, one ring version, which is written in, uh, Elvish, fucking, I guess. Uh, I think that's black speech of, uh, I don't know. It's, it's been way too that, long since I've needed I'm to look at this. No, that, that, that is definitely so. Elvin actually. Yeah. 
Um, but, but yeah, it, they're, they're only printing one. It's going to be snuck away inside of one pack randomly. And someone's going to get this and either discard it and not know what they have. Or it's <laughs> going to sell for $5 million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, you can only get it from a gift bundle or the collector's collector booster, it says. People are going to die trying to buy this card. Yeah. Mm, but they're not going to die. In the same way that, like, you get people who ruin themselves over, like, mobile games. There will probably be, I'm going to say double digits people who will probably be financially insecure slash irresponsible and buy if way too many packs I had, and not get it. I had a friend who was really into magic when I was in college and he was like, oh yeah, so they come out with like new, like a new meta every six months, right? Mm-hmm. And so what he would do every six months is he, he told me this and did not, was not embarrassed when he told me this is that he would go down to the store and basically go to every store he could and buy all of the packs of magic cards that he could get and spend anywhere from like 1500 to $2,500 just to make sure that he had all the cards. And I was like, oh, that's, that's really stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot of money that you're just dropping. So I hear what you're saying, but it's kind of not actually like... These things do appreciate in value pretty drastic. Like so, some things, there, do, there but, is a market for it. But he wasn't selling them. <laughs> he wasn't doing it for that. He was just right. Doing but he's that. not like, okay, I'm done playing with it. I'm gonna set it on fire now. It's like, yeah, they're gonna sit in a shoebox until maybe he'll go. Like well, a lot of times, I know just from experience that people do is they'll turn around and they'll be like, I have a, a you know like a shoebox literally just full of cards unarranged on whatever, and a store owner will be like, yeah, I'll buy it from you for a hundred bucks. And then they'll take four or five cards out of that. They'll get their money's worth, and the rest are just dumps. I like on the bottom it says, all versions of the One Ring are mechanically identical. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I, I, well, I would like if the one, the one Ring, right? The one that they're printing. It's just Exodia. It's Exodia <laughs> all on its own. It's a cool game. So when you play it, you get protection from everything. So nothing can hurt you. Nothing can target you. You're basically, you know, it's it's a it's a good card, even if it's only for one turn. Yeah, I I never really got into magic, mainly because people would be like, "Oh yeah, we got to go, and we just got to buy, you know, twenty booster packs to try to get good cards." And I was just like, "No, no, I'm no, good." No, Hearthstone exists. Why would I do this? See, uh, was, I love was... magic growing up, especially. I and I still like. I in arm's reach, I have probably my body weight's worth in magic cards. And that being said, owning magic cards was always my least favorite part of the hobby. Once I found a group that let me like print out cards and proxy out decks, I the amount that I enjoyed this game went up probably ten to twenty fold. I knew people who would do that. Uh, they would print out their own cards and just like print out all the best cards. And uh, my other friends would not do that. They would you know try to actually build decks with the cards that they had. And so they would just get destroyed because the people were printing out cards and being like, oh, yeah, this is what we're, we're doing. So I, I'm a little on the fence about b- printing your own cards. I mean, it's, it's we have digital card games now. Yeah, I just, just do that? don't I don't really get like my my friend's husband is really into magic. Like to the point that he he's one of those people who has financially ruined himself on multiple occasions, spending thousands of dollars on cardboard and like 
I just cannot comprehend. And I especially cannot comprehend doing that with digital magic cards, because at least with the physical cards, one, like as somebody who collects vinyl, which has a similar non-purpose, I get like wanting to have a physical copy of a cool thing that you yeah. like, but digital cards, what are you doing? And it's again, like not even like with Hearthstone, because in the, in the case of Hearthstone, at least if a card gets flushed out of, out of the meta, like it, it, goes into the into the vault or whatever you can still play those cards in wild mode in magic whenever a card is outlawed in the game like, like it's just gone well like it, it's like you, yeah you could play it with your friends or something but yeah. if you go to anything that's regulated like you're not going to be able to play with those cards anymore no and like that's that's dumb and that sucks and like particularly in the case of digital cards like it's the same fucking thing and it's really fucking stupid that digital cards cost the same amount that physical cards do uh that's that's insane all of that is insane um i and i will never understand people who pay like thousands of dollars for you know the the, the meme is the first edition hollow charizard or whatever yeah like i i don't i don't get any of that i don't understand that culture but i mean i guess at the same time can I can I really say that if I was making say twice or three times as much as I am now, would I be more open to the idea of pissing away money on like a a fucking I don't know uh, one of those Sonic the Hedgehog arcade machines or something? Yeah, I probably would. So I guess I can't really talk. So tune yeah. in next week when I get a row of cripplingly addicted to Warhammer. What army? What army are you choosing, buddy? <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's a, that's also a fair point. Like, I would be personally much more apt to get into Warhammer purely from the perspective that, like, they're tiny little figurines, and my brain likes figurines more than cardboard. Yeah. Sure. You could display them. Yeah. Much in the same way that I have, like, I have at least three or $400 worth of Amiibo in the other room. And, like, I'm never going to do anything with those. but. They're little figurines of characters that I like, and I think that's cool. I mean, you can still use them in some games, right? Or do they completely some. kill that? No, really. no, I, they, no, I think they basically abandoned it, actually, haven't they? They they don't really put it in much of anything, but it is in... Uh, it's going to be in uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. I was going to say Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, probably. I don't know. I remember it was in the original Breath of the Wild. You could, like, scan mm -hmm. a card and it would summon, like, a chest that you would open. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. That's what they're doing with with uh, Tears of the Kingdom as well. Yeah. It's just that you you get like crafting items and stuff instead it, of just like random junk. So now I have forty amiibo that I made. So that kind of broke that game for me. I kind of hope they don't bring it back for Tears of the Kingdom, but that's a different oh, discussion. They are. They already said they. They are. Join us next and, week when Reeton has spent his entire uh, savings on Magic: The Gathering cards, just trying to get the One Ring. I. I. I doubt I would do that. I. I don't Reeton's think got I would. dragon sickness. Yes, that's it. It's. Uh, I, I've. They, 
I should say as well, though, that in spite of like m me being able to, I guess, kind of justify the idea of spending the money on that, this does not change the fact that Wizards of the Coast is uh, is gross for doing this. Yeah, they are. Um, they are. They're, they're, this that's is quite awful. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, I can kind of of understand the the idea of of naivete with this sort of thing, but they know exactly what they're doing. And that's that's shitty. They they know that there are whales out there who already mm -hmm. buy way too many magic cards and are now going to be like, I want to get that one ring. And they yeah. are going to spend all of their money doing this. Like, people le legitimately might miss mortgage payments just to try to have and, this card. I, and, and what I was... I, I started to say earlier and then got sidetracked. If Target hasn't already... Uh, like, like if Target never rolled back their, like, you can only buy like two packs or whatever per customer thing. If they haven't already, uh, rolled that like back, they, they just need to leave it alone <laughs> because like, otherwise you're going to have crowds of people all rolling into Target, just like they did years ago that, that started that whole thing. When... See, like pe people died. Did they? When did they I actually die? At... There were, there, I think they got I, trampled, I I, didn't they? Yeah, there there was a crush that happened at least in in one target, and that was what that was what made it to where like a lot of places you couldn't even buy cards in store anymore. You had to buy them online. When I worked at a retail place, there was a very short period where we were selling things like Magic and Pokemon cards, and then because they were like people would come in, they just pick up the whole thing and walk out the store with them. So I was like, oh. Well, we got to put a lock on that now. And it got to a point where you, if you want to buy it, you have to go back and, like, it's locked up alongside the expensive liquor and, like, perfume and stuff like that. That's, well, that's so fucking weird. That's where we're at now. Yeah. People want to get numb, smell good, and play children's card games. <laughs> yep. Hopefully in that order. Anyway. Uh, we are done with our podcast for today. I would like to thank you for being here, Aroa. I was here, I guess. And I would like to thank you for being here, Cyberpunk Monk. Final notes. If you're playing Magic the Gathering, you probably have liquor, smell good, or have nice cards. Two or three, two of the three, not all of them. I see. <laughs> and, of course, I was your host. You're welcome for me being here. We'll be back next week talking about more stuff. Goodbye. Bye. Can't wait to hear more about Overwatch. Oh, yeah.